0: Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content communication in the public sector.
1: Here's your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to In Transition, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you for joining me. Today, we explore the importance and the issue of video production in government communications. And we'll have that conversation with a rising star of not only video production here in Australia, but increasingly around the world. And it's Mike Pritchard, who's the founder and CEO of Shootstar. Mike's been working in media and video production since the early 2000s. He spent his early days working with the B2B production agency, Key Media, and then Kenya Aid. He's a very, entre- a very busy entrepreneur. He works between Trapdoor Production as director and CEO, and most recently, he's co-founded Shootstar, which is their sister company as CEO. He's currently based in Singapore, but interestingly, he's taken Shootstar you know, from Sydney to North America, Europe, Southeast Asia, and at the moment, it shows no signs of slowing down. But he joins me now from Singapore. Mike, thanks very much for joining me in transition. Thank
0: you, David, for having me. Good to be here.
1: Certainly a busy time for your company, but it's driven by video and the adoption of video. So perhaps if you could maybe just rewind the tape over the last five years and and reflect on what you've seen in video and the role it plays in in storytelling for organisations, both private sector organisations and government organisations.
0: Yeah, definitely love to. Uh, video is a is a obviously hot topic at the moment. But I've been in the industry for the last uh, well 15, 16 years now, and it's been amazing to see the the difference and the transition uh, of what's been happening in the video space. Uh, when I started my my first business in this industry, Trapdoor Productions, uh, we were really being asked to come out and produce a. 10 minute corporate or sometimes 20 minute corporate DVD, as everyone would put it. And, um, and that was basically a matter of once every five years, a company felt that it needed to make a video to send out to its uh, stakeholders. Obviously, that has changed dramatically uh, since then. Um, but seeing that transition further and further towards where we are now, where people are needing. For- to produce video content every single day, um, sometimes multiple times a day in a lot of these large companies. It's been an amazing uh, journey to be a part of. And now with Shootstar, we've really forged ahead and disrupted the industry to meet that uh, that demand from the clients and the changing landscape of how video is being used.
1: So uh, let's go into that because I think the delivery model of Shootstar is of real interest, particularly to, to government clients. And I know you have... Uh, an arrangement with the ACT government here in Canberra, Australia. But just take me through that evolving change, you know, moving from, you know, the heavy production, the heavily produced, um, you know, corporate DVD, as you say, to a, you know, more active, more social, more interactive, um, easier to put together, faster to produce and, and distribute types of videos.
0: Yeah, well it's interesting you mentioned we, we work with the ACT government. They're a great client of ours. Uh, other government clients we've got Transport for New South Wales, uh, RMS, Parramatta Light Rail, Sydney Trains, Brisbane City Council, the NBN and then the uh, Digital Transformation Agency as well. So, uh, that's just in Australia and globally we're starting to take on more government clients. It's a it's a fantastic space for them to be able to communicate. Um, do you mind if I if I start at the beginning because it might help to to give you the elevator pitch so you can see where Shoots the comes in and why we are different, and how we're, we're bringing all those elements you mentioned together.
1: You go right ahead.
0: Excellent. I'll, I'll, I'll start the clock on the 30 second. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give the long version, I'll if, give you the, 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 the 180 story version of the, of, <laughs> um, of the elevator pitch.
1: Yeah, so, sure. No, cuz uh, I think there's I think there's some real value in this to the audience. We we tend not to be too sales pitching. I know you won't be, but no, it's it's such an evolving world and, and and changing space. And given that you do have such pedigree in uh, in in the public sector, too, I think a lot of the audience are going to be sitting there going, okay, "I'm interested in this." So um, yeah. Way you go. And, and
0: and as you say, we we don't we don't want to be I definitely don't want to be too salesy. It's um just a matter of consolidating everything down so people can understand why we're different and what's what's different about what we're doing. Um okay. so Trapdoor Productions, as you mentioned, that was high end branded content like most production companies are out there, creating mm-hmm. high end um, uh, tvcs as well as online content and branded content for companies. The interesting thing was, while I was building that business and, and very busy, a lot of my clients were coming to me saying, well, thanks for the $100,000, $20,000, whatever it is, video. Um, we now need to film our CEO. We now need to film our, our internal comms manager. We need to film it, every one of our partners, anyone in senior management, and, and the list goes on. And we don't need to do video every month. We need to do it every week, and in some cases, every day. And it can't cost $5,000 to film my CEO. That's just ridiculous. Uh, so that was, that was what was happening um, externally to me as, a, as an agency. Uh, and I know that, that's the case for a lot of other production companies. Most production companies um, are doing what I did, which is said, well, too bad. The cost is the cost. And, and to be honest, in the video production space, it wasn't profitable for me as a business owner and it wasn't a good experience for our clients because they were paying too much and not getting what they actually wanted. So uh, I went about trying to fix that and that's why I've developed... Shootster. I partnered up with my best mate, uh, who is um, Tim Moylan. He's got a background in building cloud-based infrastructure. So I had that tech background. I've got the video marketing and business background. Put the two together and developed Shootster. And the the, the short version of the elevator pitch is we enable large companies to create video content at scale by equipping them with a, a custom-built camera kit, um, which has everything they'd need to shoot their own content. We actually train their ter- team up internally to shoot that content. So Qantas, for example, we've trained over 130 staff to shoot great quality content. Uh, We also have a network of camera operators that can shoot the content for them uh, if they're wanting to take it up a notch in quality. Once it's uh, it's shot, gets uploaded to a cloud-based system called The Hub, which has all of their previously shot footage and elements uh, stored there, which is a very, very important part of the process for our clients, because most of them have a a bottom drawer full of hard drives and, and a dozen agencies with half of their footage from the last five years. Uh, It also gives them access to all of the Getty Images library, so they can access a lot of stock footage from there. Once they submit a project with a basic brief, that gets um, downloaded by our editors' internal team of editors. It's not a gig economy um, scenario here. It's, It's an internal team of editors that you work with consistently. And they have that video done and dusted, all the editing, music, top and tail, motion graphics, and color grading actually within
1: 24 hours. Wow. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, so that's why I like to summarise it up, not so much as a sales theme, but it is just something that can be a little bit hard to understand until you bring it down to that um, sort of micro version.
1: Okay, so let's pick some of this, uh, you know, through some of this. In terms of the 130 people that you've trained at Qantas, who were they, what roles did they have, and how long did it take to get them into a position where they could shoot quality content with good audio that you could actually turn into a professional product.
0: Yeah, definitely a good question. So, uh we initially off the bat run a 6-hour training session with our clients and that's uh it's been a, uh, mentioned to be akin to a uh, a training uh, to a team building exercise and the team building day because we actually create video uh, a video with them on that day. So they um get to learn everything about framing, shot composition, lighting, audio, as you mentioned, a very important part. And once they've they've done that training session, we find they can go out and make mistakes. And that's a great, great opportunity for us to fix them in the post-production side of it. Uh, and give a constant client feedback loop to make sure they're getting better and better while shooting content. Um, somewhere like Qantas, they get to the point where they have a trainer internally that knows our training regime, and we love that because then they can go on and train more. But we've done multiple training sessions. Normally, a group size is is anywhere between five and twenty. And uh, we also run workshops at our office in our town and in Sydney um, and globally as well. That uh, called Kids and Pieces workshops, where basically anyone uh, from all of our different um, clients can come in, and, and no extra cost, they can be trained up on some of the more advanced techniques, like understanding depth of the field, etc.
1: Okay, and in terms of what they're being asked to do, as you say, look at, looking to produce content on a daily basis, what sort of roles might those people have in in a company like Qantas?
0: Yeah, it's well, any any company. I, I have a bit of a joke that every every company has a closet photographer somewhere in their in their organisation, and uh, and that, that closet photographer is quite often the one that jumps out of their skins and they, hey, I saw a camera in the corner. Can I can I use that for X? Uh, and they love to to jump behind the camera and operate it. Uh, some people are a little bit more gun-shy and, and want to, uh, to hold back, but we find the wrongs vary completely. So somewhere like uh, Qantas, for example, they've done uh, everything from how to de-ice a plane in a regional runway down to how to pour champagne in first class, um, down to an internal staff member's birthday that they want to make a happy birthday video for or somebody's leaving and they want to make a, you know, we love working with you type video. So it can be anyone from uh, the video team internally. Most of our clients already have a video team and some video capabilities in-house. But what Shootster is about is enabling the entire organisation. So it could be everyone from a receptionist to to an HR manager, a director, to a, you know, comms assistant. But it doesn't have to be bound by the marketing and comms department. If one particular um, division within an organisation wants to make video content, well, now they're no longer relying on their internal team or their comms team to do it for them. They can take the kit, go and shoot the content and have it back within 24 hours.
1: How hard has that been to overcome those the silos and the barriers to, for people to say, well, you know, that, that isn't my job or um, I might not be able to get permission to be able to do that?
0: That's a good question. The, the, if we we're asking people to do accounting that wasn't their job and something that's not fun, I think it would have been a lot harder. Uh, there, there are a lot of people that love love what we're doing and love the idea of being able to create video. And I find that if you take a, a division within you know, a government organisation, for example, you'll find that there's people are generally passionate about what they're doing. Uh, otherwise, they shouldn't be doing it in the first place. And so they're wanting to create video content. Everyone wants video content. Everyone knows that's where the future is heading. You know, everyone's seen the stat that, that 80% of video will be, 80% of content online will be video by 2019. And it's it's very, very popular. So most people within an organization that have something to communicate want to do it via video. And they've come up against this brick wall time and time again that, no, you can't have the budget for that. No, our team internally is too busy. No, we can't produce that and get it out um, or they need it out too quickly, so it just can't fit in with a schedule. So they're tearing their hair out already. So what we find quite often is when we when we present shoots, there is, is exactly what you said, is the word wow comes up 90% of the time. And that's, that wow is generally, wow, finally, I can do the video I'm wanting to do. So we're not finding that so much of an issue with um, individuals saying, that's not my job. We're actually finding more and more, especially in Australia, people are very hands-on and willing to give things a try. Uh, and once they've done the training, they leave there uh, feeling a lot more comfortable and confident that they can shoot
1: content themselves. And so, again, this is just a um, a practical question: How then do they transmit the video into um, the servers, the, the the shoots to services? Where, how do they get it up in, into the you know to, to be stored in, into the cloud?
0: It's all via carrier pigeon. <laughs> we have <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Uh, that's where that's where my business partner tim uh, has developed a uh, a cloud-based hub um we aptly call it the hub and uh and that's based on the aws platform so right. basically and we have bright players in the background so lots of um tech talk to say that all they really need to do is log on to the back end of our website they have their own um version of the hub they're branded with their own elements once they log in and a lot of that is actually tagged in the background with AI as well so uh, using AI in the background to make sure that we know what's in a shot so you know quite often somebody would have shot a video a year ago or they've seen a video they had nothing to do with it but they saw a video and said oh now I'm producing my video I'd love to have that shot of Bob by the river with the laptop but, you know that was a really great shot to talk about what I'm talking about well they can just search for that within their Elements, library, ticket, and it gets added to the project.
1: Yeah, okay. And then the, the – so then you can then – the editors go to work. How hard is it for the editors to to be able to respond to a brief, to be able to put something together if they may not be particularly familiar, uh, you know, about a particular client's work?
0: Yeah, well, that's the, that's the key part and why I mentioned the gig economy uh, earlier on. There are organisations out there that um, – We'll farm this out essentially to other uh, freelancers and say, well, here you go. You, you do that video and we'll find somebody else next week and they'll do that video. Uh, brands need consistency. They need brand consistency and they need to be able to work with the same team. So what we're very passionate about is, is we have our editors full-time on board. They work out of our um, warehouse in Sydney. We actually took over the old uh, ex-Mustang Australia headquarters there, a really cool uh, warehouse office. And and they're they're full time working with a um, a group of clients that they look after. So it means that when you're uploading a project, they it's not unfamiliar to them. They know your brand. When you say I, I want it exciting, well, ACT Government's version of what exciting means might be very different to what you know Samsung's version of exciting might be very different to what Nike's version of exciting is. So um, we've got to make sure that our team of editors know. Our clients very well, and the onboarding process and implementation stage for us is not just about us going out there and um, teaching our clients how to use video, it's about our internal team learning what the ACT government needs versus what RMS might need.
1: Yeah, right. But so then you. I imagine, produce all sorts of different types of videos, different lengths, different formats, different... You know, there's all sorts of ways and then maybe some's for social, some is for, you know, events and presentations. So all different types. How then do you, you know, distribute or that's not your responsibility? You leave that to the client? You hand the asset back and say, there you go, distribute it through your yeah, channels so we, or...
0: Correct. So we, we do partner with other... Um, uh, businesses that focus more on the hosting and the distribution of that. So companies like Brightcove and Viastream uh, for um, where they will host those videos. Uh, our hub essentially stops at the point that they download their videos. So they can download that from us um, as an MP4 and, and go off and use that on Facebook, YouTube, et cetera. They can also push to other platforms. So within the hub, they can just press push to Brightcove, push to Viastream so that they can uh, use it on their internal uh, hosting platforms. And we have a lot of partners that we can recommend in the space of you know, data metrics, analytics, et cetera. But what we've found as we're out there with a lot of these large corporations and government um, institutions is they have a lot of that sorted. They know they know who they work with as far as data metrics are concerned, et cetera, et cetera. The part they don't have sorted is how are we going to produce it? How are we going to get this this video actually produced cost effectively so we can do a lot of them?
1: So you mentioned earlier, you know, old model was, you know, spend, you know, a a large amount of money to produce a, you know, a corporate video anywhere, as you say, could have been a hundred, could have been 200, could have been 20. Then it sort of started to move down five, still too high, you know, for what we need because we need a lot more volume. How far have you been able to bring it down to in terms of, you know, of, of the prices to make it accessible?
0: I think the biggest thing we'll—I'll I'll go into prices—but the the biggest thing we've done on a cost level is make it uniform. So one of the challenges that I know most marketing managers and comms managers have is how do you put a video together for a budget? It's like it's like your your manager coming to you and saying, "Well, you know, how many? Well, we need to buy ten cars um, this year," and and you don't know whether he's talking or she's talking about Rolls Royces or Toyota Corollas, and and when. A lot of our um, clients have told us that when they went out to a traditional production company, and I know from, my, from, from running Trapdoor as well, that they'll put the same brief out to three or four different companies and get three or four wildly different quotes mm. back. So yeah. the same brief might get a 5,000, it might get a 20,000, or it might get a 100,000. They go, well, why is it so different? And then they, they say, oh, we just want to tweak something in the script, so now we're going to shoot this outdoors. Oh, well, that's just a completely different thing. It costs all this extra money. And I know why that is, but I also know that it's, it's a real pain point for our clients. So it shoots the, we're a subscription model. So we partner with our clients for a full 12 months and it's a set price. So $3,800 um, is our lowest end package, $3,800 uh, per month, and that gets them four videos per month. Um six thousand gets them eight videos, nine thousand eight hundred gets them twenty-five videos, and fourteen thousand eight hundred gets them unlimited content. Shoot as much as you like on that kit and we'll we'll do all the post production. And that also includes all the equipment as well.
1: Oh wow. So you give them that they have their own production kit, so their own camera, lighting yep. kit, et cetera. Unlimited yep. content for fourteen grand.
0: Correct. Fourteen thousand wow. eight hundred. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So okay. That's where that's where the real value comes in. Um, that's them shooting it themselves. Once we've trained them up on how to shoot it, which is the case for for seventy percent plus, probably eighty percent of our our clients will shoot the content themselves. Um, but they may have an event, for example, that they say, "Well, we're all busy at the event, and we want to make sure this really shines." They'll use one of our camera operators and, and shoot the content for them. But we're we're very cost effective on that front as well. We're not we're not yeah. interested in the. In making a markup on that, we're really about um, driving the content so we can get more post-production through for them. So that's where you look at the value of a company like um, you know, I don't mean to keep referring back to Qantas, but they are a great brand, and we've worked with them for a long time now, and and they'll produce up to 60 to 80 videos per month quite often. So that's where you see a um, you know a real upside in the value of of that unlimited plan. Most other organisations, you know, can sit around that sort of ninety eight hundred and be producing twenty five videos per month. And so the math is on how much you're paying per per video, especially when you're talking about an event hype reel. You know, we've done an event hype reel uh, for YSL that they they were quoted when they actually had already committed to, so had to pay over twelve thousand dollars for this particular event. And, um, our, they, they came on board with shoots and said, well, why don't we just get you to shoot it as well and see what happens. And now our, our high grill was better and they ended up using ours. <laughs> so was, I always like, I always like to drop that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, now listen, when is it right to use video because video is not always the answer, um, depend, you know, given the complexity of the way we communicate in this day and age. So, when is the right time that people should be thinking about video to communicate their story?
0: Um, I, I can answer facetiously and say when you want your audience to remember what you're saying, use video. Uh, but I do, I do also appreciate the fact that there are some things that are a little bit too complex to just make a video about. Um, my answer to that would be, if you have something that is very complex or very detailed, and you're uh, you know that you're needing to, to to convey, have your white paper, have your have your forty page document on it. That's fine, but make a summary video as well. Because the reality is, most people aren't reading your your forty page document, and if they are, they're forgetting most of it. Um, stats came out recently, which I think is probably a little bit far fetched, that saying people uh, viewers retain ninety five percent of a message that they. Um, they see in a video as opposed to reading it. I think that's probably a bit high, but um, the, the the stats, obviously they've done their research behind it, and I believe that the amount of um, information out there, it's information overload, and people need things in bite-sized uh, communication these days. So if you're sending out PDF documents even that are... the filled with with text and people don't have the time to read it, that you're completely missing the mark. So at least having that summary video, I believe, is important. I think the area that I've seen government departments use, shoots really well and use video in general really well, is um, putting uh, public communication out there about what's going on, whether it be about infrastructure or whether it be about, you know, the fact that uh, certain um, skate parks open in a local area and why that's helping the community. These sorts of things... Uh, human events and and government organisations are are about people and communities. And if you want to tell that story, it's very, very hard to do it, I believe, without seeing the real impact of that, without seeing people, seeing expressions on their face and being able to read what that particular um, event or that particular uh, infrastructure has done for the community.
1: Mm. So this evolving nature, what else are you seeing in terms of, the demand um, for types of video. What 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 are you seeing as really the, you know, the, the things that are starting to feature much more in in storytelling for, for big brands and for government agencies.
0: Uh, look, I think the the onset of better internal communications has been been a big part, and that's that comes down to obviously the availability of. Uh, video and uh, and the cost effectiveness, uh, the cost effective nature of the model. For me, I find Google came out with these recommendations. I'll answer it this way: Google came out with these recommendations a couple of years ago around hero hub and hygiene, which are quite interesting for for your audience. Um, and and you probably should look them up. It ironically, it was a white paper, but <laughs> the hero hub and hygiene model was around um, and is still around how large companies and organizations should treat video. And, and that's about hero content. So you t- large scale, big budget, TBCs, et cetera. You're, you're, and that's once a year or, or thereabouts. Your hub content, which is regularly scheduled push content that you're pushing out to your organisations, But then the hygiene content is um, pull content. So it's it help is another way to put it, a hero hub and help. And that help content or hygiene content is, content that should be produced every week or, or every day that's useful to your audience. So the big shift at the moment is is from the, the good old man-man days of creating an ad and pushing it out there and saying, everyone buy this and you're interrupting people, people's life to, to shove an ad in their face. Now organizations need to be helpful and useful and people will seek them out for the information. So if I'm living in the ACT and I want to know what's going on, I will just I'll Google it and whatever comes up, which and quite often is a video, you'll watch a quick video to find well, what's going on in my region? What what are the council actually doing? And you know, maybe something as, as crass as what's the point of the council in my city? You know, what are they actually doing? And and if, if these kind of helpful uh, videos are up there. Um, they're very, very dynamic and very helpful to the viewer, and that's the that's where I'm seeing a rapid increase. Is people understanding it's not about hero content, it's about that hygiene and help content. I, I I relate it to to dating. At the end of the day, you know, all all communication with your viewer and your audience is is about a relationship and about trust. And and hero content is like taking them out for one amazing dinner once a year and not talking to your partner for the for the rest of the year and thinking that your relationship is going to be great. I think uh, marketers and and communication experts are now understanding more and more that they have to communicate like they're in a relationship. And that's, that's a constant ongoing, always on content solution.
1: So looking into the future, what do you see for, for video? Where where do you think it's all going? And obviously, you know, you mentioned that number before about, you know, 80% of all, video content by 2019. We've heard that, you know, it's going to be online content will be video. So obviously there's a, you know, dramatic increase coming. Would you agree that that is going to be the case or do you see any sort of dark clouds on the horizon that's going to um, interrupt that uptake? Uh,
0: I don't see any dark clouds that's going to interrupt it. I do see uh, dark clouds for interruptive content and, and that's probably not the right term to use but if if you're creating content and just shoving it into people's face and hoping that they're you know having your brand name in front of their face is going to do you uh, do you would the world of good I think it's it's actually going to do more harm than good uh, so I think people will get to a point and already are at a point where uh, they get frustrated with with content that's not helpful you know pre-roll ads that, that aren't useful etc et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, so I think the future will be about personalization of that. And, and already there's a lot of talk around data protection and people's, people's data and what they're doing with it. Um, you see, though, the younger generation coming through saying, take my data, I don't care, but track me everywhere as long as you're making my experience online more useful. And so I think my generation up uh, has been scared of it. I think the younger generation now is really saying, well, no, as long as you make my experience online and therefore pretty much my experience in life more more useful and helpful and you can guide me to a product or a service that I actually want at the time that I want it, then I'm fine to give you my data. So when it comes to video, I think that's about personalization as well. So you can create ads, you can create promo pieces, you can create useful content that is very, very uh, pertinent to your individual niche market and, and not a broad brush market of just saying, oh, my demographic is 25 to 45-year-old males in you know Sydney. Well, that's, that's not a demographic. That's extremely loose. It should be right down to the point of what kind of sports is that particular demographic into? We'll make a video with that in it that relates to our product. So personalization of content, I think, is going to be huge. Uh, everyone talks about VR and AR and is this going to take over the world. I think VR has, and they are, for that matter, have very, very useful niche markets, and they will be very useful in uh, particular niches, but I don't think they're going to take away from or dramatically disrupt the traditional video.
1: Okay. Well, Mike, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today, and congratulations on the success I love it from a business point of view. As a as a businessman, thinking, looking at what you've done, you know, you've gone to the problem um, of the client and you've solved the problem, you know, and you've looked to solve yeah. the problem. And it, I like the, you know this notion of a you know the, the you know the company as a platform, but then it's the services around it where you've been able to create value for those clients and been able to deliver obviously very good outcomes for lots of different people. Um, that's helping them. In their businesses, helping them to achieve their objectives, and it's a very clever model. And congratulations to you, and to Tim, and the rest of Thank your you team. Launch. And long may that continue. I'm, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, a big wide world out there for for ShootStar, and you'll uh, you'll continue yeah, to well, grow.
0: It is an exciting time as we've we've only just launched in the US and the UK, so uh, we're seeing some great success over there with some very large brands. So. Very much hoping that uh, yeah, the, the little Aussies can, uh, can, can kick it <laughs> off uh, in the same style around the rest of the world.
1: Okay. Well, don't get too tired. Make sure you get some sleep. And ladies and gentlemen, there you go. What an interesting story. Mike Pritchett there telling us about video. But what a, what a clever way of being able to get the video that you need to tell your story. And... You know, I can just see or hear all of you thinking, oh, you know, prior to this conversation, you're always constrained by thinking, this is always going to, this is going to cost me a fortune. I can't do it. And you can't get the volume. You can't get the speed. You can't get that cadence of regular, impactful video content to help to tell that story, to move that audience so as if you can get that behaviour that you're looking for. So take a look at it. I think it's really well worthwhile taking a look at, at the shoots to play because um, certainly they're phenomenal numbers and this is a transformational shift in the way video is provided. So congratulations to Mike and the team there at Shootstar and thank you audience for coming back once again. I think that's a real value. That could be a real game changer. So there we go. Um, Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, Another great conversation and uh, I'll be back at the same time next week but for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been
0: listening to In Transition the program dedicated to the practice of content communication in the public sector. For more, visit us at contentgroup.com.au.